Welcome back to episode 6 of Catch Out of Chaos. Today I'm here with Dr. Arlie Nocton um, and we're going to be talking everything from social media to anxiety. So, hi Arlie and hi Keepin. So, Good. can you just quickly just introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So, I'm Arlene and I'm here in Subaru Psychological Wellness Services um, and we provide, I suppose, it started off with being a psychology service for children and mm. um, looking at interventions, so providing the support that they need. But over time then we realised that the scope of what needed doing was actually far beyond just children. Right. So there was kind of 17 year olds, 17 to kind of 24, a kind of leaving school in college age group that weren't really fitting into adult services as such yeah. and weren't really fitting into children's services as such. Right. Um, so we, we first expanded out to that and then we realised Cutting off 24 wasn't a great idea yeah, yeah. because there was lots of other people who, who needed something. So while we're primarily a, a children's service, we provide um, interventions and support uh, to, to all ages now, basically. Okay, brilliant. And is there actually any trends that you've actually seen coming up with regards maybe 16 to 24 that you really like? It's common things that keep coming up on a, day, on a daily basis. Uh, well, actually, the biggest thing is what you contacted me about, ironically, which right, is okay. social anxiety. Yeah, okay. it's it's absolutely you know phenomenal the amount of kids who come. I keep saying kids, so yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is that age group that 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 it's all a secondary school really. But I think by the time a lot of them would come to us, we'd be seeing them kind of in junior cert. Okay up to leave and start kind of stage it yeah, yeah but certainly the social anxieties would have started in first year mm. um, it's just that's kind of how long it's taken for people to say yeah there's there's a problem here and for, for people to kind of react and and go and seek support um but yeah social anxiety anxiety in general yeah um but social anxiety particularly is, is something that's that's shutting people down actually that's okay. shutting them down completely where they're not able to go to school they're not able to enter out into the world at all mm. and we have a phenomenal amount of children who are involved in kind of reintegration back into school yeah um, attending our service not just not just this year but over the last two two and a half years i'd say we've seen a, a lot of that okay yeah and just for anyone listening that doesn't know what what is exactly social anxiety so social anxiety is, is, I suppose, how people are experiencing it is the most important thing. People are experiencing it in terms of, um, that is a voice that you have in your head. Yeah. That's viewing, uh, telling you how others view you. Okay. So, you know, if I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, oh, I wonder, does Derek think this about me? Or I wonder, does he think mm. that about me? Or, you know, people are at home watching, I wonder, do they think this, that or the other? And, you know, a certain amount of that is normal. Like, mm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. When that kind of takes over. Okay. And you're not really able to function in your world where you're sitting in class and we'll say you're sitting in maths class and you're not taking in any of the maths. Mm. You're totally taken over by, oh. you know, how am I, how, how am I being perceived by others yeah. right now? That's really how, how we're seeing it. Okay. It's not the only way it can manifest itself, but that's, that's, that's really how we're seeing it. And that becomes crippling for people mm. because that little voice eventually starts telling you negative things yeah, yeah so if you're feeling negative about yourself then you start projecting that onto others thinking that others are feeling that about you mm. and then on it goes mm-hmm. yeah vicious cycle um, vicious cycle and then all of a sudden you're totally crippled by it and going out of the house at all is, is at the end of the spectrum of it where that becomes very very difficult 
Wow, okay. And you're seeing this on a regular basis? With yeah. Wow, okay. And yeah. then, what do you think then is causing the maybe the surge in this? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a big question. Like, I, I don't, what's causing it? I'm not sure. There's a, a whole combination of things. But yeah. we have to look at how, how this generation is living their lives, you know, in general. And I think mm. people are surprised, actually, to think that, that this is something that's really happening now. Yeah. Because any young person you see is, you know, this is... Ha- happy, yeah, living <laughs> the perfect life. Living the perfect yeah. life and taking photos of themselves a lot. Yeah. And, you know, there's this kind of perception that, you know, our young people are good. They're, you know, they're mm. going around, they look well, they're going to the gym, they're looking after themselves, they're on social media, you know, putting out the happy life. Yeah. But actually that puts a lot of pressure on people, mm. you know, to keep up. Yeah, the, their image, yeah. They, yeah, their brand. Their yeah. brand, their yeah. brand. You, you're kind of creating a brand oh, 100%. at a very early age. And it's not every day that any brand will live up to their brand. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But some, you know, when you're young, you have to look at that. Whereas as you get a little bit, a little bit older, maybe you're just not as in face of that. Or if you grew, out without, grew up without that, yeah. you're not as in face of it. But I think young people today are really, it's, it's in their face all the time. Yeah. No, 100%. And do you think that there has been this definitely, when do you think the surge in anxiety actually started to rise? Or when do you think the number started to rise? I think I think even it, it starting to rise is probably a kind of a funny thing to gauge as well, because I think that a lot of it is where young people are talking about things a lot more now okay. than what have done before. Yeah. Um, you know, even I was watching Home Away last night and... Mm. Um, when the young guys on it, Ryder was sitting down with Alf and Alf was in, oh, we would talk about this relationship that he was having or whatever. And Ryder, young Ryder, well, I don't know what age he's acting, 17 or something, said, oh, Grandad, I've, I've loads, I've loads of feelings, I've loads of questions, I've yeah. loads of things I yeah. want to talk about. And the Grandad didn't want to talk about any of it all because he was kind of playing that generation of, you know, yeah. say nothing, get on with it and you'll be you'll be all yeah. right so I think I think that represented a lot actually mm. that I think a lot of those anxieties were always there mm. but I think maybe you know if you look back a couple of years ago people were just leaving school mm. and there wasn't this come back to school finish school yeah it was yeah. just much more acceptable to drop out yeah um at a younger age or go on to different avenues at a younger age and people weren't talking about, I don't know what you really have heard of that much, you know, I'm just, I'm too anxious, I'm not really able to get to school today. Yeah. I don't know what you have heard much of that. No. Whereas now I think people are, which is, I think is very positive. Yeah. People are at least able to say what's going on for them. Yeah. So I think it's the two prongs there where okay. it's increasing. Yeah. And we're seeing it more because people are talking about it more. Yeah. Which will eventually have a positive outcome. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because they are talking about it. Absolutely, there's a lot more awareness now on mental health, and there has been a genuine push. I think I still think there is a stigma among young people yeah. with it that, like, when people hear mental health, they oh, Jesus, this, this again. But yeah. I think it, I think slowly but surely, it is getting in, and people are more aware of it. But I still think, especially among lads, or in my opinion, in my experience anyway, yeah. I've seen among lads that who have crippling anxiety, crippling depression, and only happy people, a handful of people know, they just know that. Maybe yeah. they don't show up as much or, you know, stuff like that. They just yeah. don't. Um, but I think lads especially are afraid to talk about it. And mm. do you think that, what do you think 
even let's say you may think you have it what sort of steps do you think you should start taking towards maybe trying to overcome it you know let's say you're not certain and you don't know if you want to go to a professional yet yeah. what sort of steps would you advise people to go towards to try and Okay, I'm going to go back a couple of steps okay. before I fully answer that, but if I don't answer it, please yeah, yeah, remind yeah. me. Because um, I think a big part of that barrier is labelling something that is something that you have or don't have. Okay. And there has been great awareness around mental health of late, but I do think it's not enough to break that stigma mm-hmm. because you still have to identify it as being something wrong with your mental health. Yeah. And like a big part of, 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 of our work here at Subaru is trying to kind of get rid of that okay. language. Even, yeah. That we're saying that we're all just, you know, being as we need to be in the world. Mm. And sometimes the way we're being is just causing us too much anxiety to be able to function in our particular environment. Yeah. Or our sadness, which we all experience, yeah. is getting so much that it's stopping our functionality. Yeah. That, you know, our sadness is making us not be able to go out places so we don't kind of we try not to identify it too much as you know having something or not having something um we try and look at it as you know let's let's just tell your story and see see what that's bringing up for you and then if after you've told your story through therapy talked about it had a bit of support to reframe your thoughts if there's something still persisting yeah that's when we'd be saying okay yeah look here's something very specifically um that needs looking at around your mental health yeah but having the therapy in it beforehand mm. is perfectly fine because i think people i think that that's what's happening a lot for people mm. they're thinking there's something going on with me but god i'm not depressed yeah i don't yeah. have anxiety and mm. then they're not doing anything about it okay and then they find they do yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. get to that point yeah, and then they go, and it's a little bit too late where they could have prevented it. Exactly. The help then that they're going to get is much harder to enter into. Okay. Because you're going to be looking at entering into kind of camp system. You know, you're going to be looking at entering into, into something that's probably a little bit harder for them to gain yeah. entry into um, and, and push through those barriers. So a big thing for us is to try and make, you know, coming to see somebody... A little bit easier mm. that if you're having a conversation with your friends or like that if you're not showing up to things as much yeah that's stuff that's impacting your functionality yeah so generally by the time there's an external message about the fact that there's something going on for you mm. it means that that little voice inside your head yeah is having control over your decision making and your actions mm. and that's time to start regaining control over yourself yeah and that's where a little bit of therapy can can help and support that okay you know um yeah i don't know did i answer that you know no, absolutely yeah no, absolutely um so you think that almost the best case is even if you have any doubts maybe just going for a session and just trying to, just to see just be, just be proactive with it rather than waiting for it to be completely dire and then trying to seek help afterwards exactly yeah in a nutshell yeah exactly um, one of the things i saw i saw a debate on twitter i don't go on twitter to it very often because i don't enjoy it as a platform but yeah. I saw one girl say that one issue she thinks that people are having is that they're self-diagnosing themselves, saying, oh, I have depression, I have anxiety, and then they're walking towards with that. And I know the placebo effect is strong, that when you honestly believe something, it can come into fruition. But then another girl totally disagreed with her and said, if someone's a broken bone, do you need a doctor to diagnose it for you before your class is having a broken bone? So I actually wanted to get maybe your opinion on it. So what what do you think about that? Because I was very split on it. Uh, One thing I I, I... I see how people kind of 
keep equating kind of mental health to physical health. Yeah. But I think that just continues to feed into the mental, medical model of mental health. Okay. As opposed to, you know, we're all on a spectrum of being and sometimes our functionality is just impacted by that. Mm. A more existential view of mental health yeah. um, than a medical view. So, yeah, you don't need to go to a doctor to ascertain that you have a broken arm. Yeah. But you also don't need to go to the doctor to ascertain whether you have bones in your arms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I get you. Yeah, do you yeah, get what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we all have anxiety. Mm. We all have a couple of those components that make up depression. We mm. experience sadness. Mm. So, like the way we have bones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at what point do we need to wait until they're broken before fix them. we get some help? Okay, yeah, I get or you. Or can we say, we're weakening a little bit. If the bones was weakening, you don't go to the doctor to diagnose taking some calcium to strengthen your bones. Yeah. You know that. So, I think that's the same with your wellness. What other things can you do to strengthen yourself mm. before you get to the stage where some element is like the bone broken and, and, and needs mending back yeah, yeah yeah you know no totally get you because I, I just kind of saw that debate and I was kind of like I'd love to bring that up because I felt like both girls come from the right place none yeah. of them you know both of them kind of had maybe had different past experiences with it yeah. and I kind of just wanted to bring it up um, and then we touched on social media earlier and everyone building a brand now or like not net, not intentionally building a brand but of course what you put on social media is your brand mm. what are your thoughts on younger kids because obviously kids as young as seven eight years older on instagram on snapchat whatever what are your what's your opinion on it and what do you think do you think parents should let their kids on it or what's your thoughts on it i think that having a child enter an adult world mm. is not going to be positive mm. so if you have an adult based platform yeah. something that's designed for adults something that's used freely by adults and children enter onto that I don't think that's a good idea mm. uh, you know it's, it's an adult world we don't bring a child to a nightclub we don't yeah. expose them to what goes on there for very clear reasons mm. but those reasons are clear in a nightclub yeah. because the people are real but the people you know behind the social media are real as well yeah and it's not to say that there's harmful stuff in the nightclub in every nightclub or whatnot and there isn't in every platform but there are risks yeah and are those risks necessary for a child no i don't think so yeah and i think there's probably a bit of a lack of education around what children do need to be doing in terms of technology we can't make children not able to use all of these wonderful pieces of technology that we have because mm. that's what you know that's what their futures are going to be built upon. yeah but there's plenty of ways of engaging in those um technological sources without having to be in an adult world because mm. i don't think a lot of children are able to cope with what comes back from that mm. you know um whether it be the positive comments or the negative comments yeah it doesn't really matter i think both are something that children just aren't really able to process. Yeah. And then they're looking at older teenagers, um, it might be their cousins or whatnot, putting up pictures, which are perfectly fine for a 16, 17 year old. Yeah. And then you have an eight year old trying to replicate that, even mm. if it's just the pouch and- Yeah, yeah. You know, things Superficial things like that, yeah. perfectly harmless, yeah. you know. But really, is that how a child needs to be thinking about themselves? Yeah. You know, that I need to pose in this somewhat provocative way 
to have people like me. It, yeah. It takes that childlike um, innocence yeah. out of them. And then they're looking back at that. Mm. Obviously, because they're taking the pictures and they're... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And choosing the perfect photo that should go up, yeah. Exactly. And um, editing it. Yeah, yeah. That's the next level of everything, yeah. You know. Um, and with regard to technology these days, and I know there's... Um, there's now... I, saw, I was watching a video where people can now like make people with regards to technology say things that they didn't actually say yeah and that's what's what really scary with regards to editing and stuff or something i saw lately yeah but um and then do you think that has a negative effect on them psychologically when they're posting photos and they're like with regards to likes and stuff you know as in like let's say they're getting 10 likes and their friends getting 50 likes you know and like at eight years old can they even like they can't process that or what what sort of what's going on with them then yeah, and I think it's again there's the two sides to everything. There's the the motivating factor for the child who wants to be on it. Yeah. So is there a little something, you know, a little vulnerability within that child mm. that thinks I need to put myself out there, I need to do this, I need to get that external validation. Yeah. And then when they get it, that's the very child who's not going to be able to process all that comes with that. Yeah. Which is that comparison, a very numerical comparison yeah. to others. Um, you know, there's so many things mm. that's just laid there for you to take from putting pictures, one picture was nicer than the other, this one got more, you know, yeah, there's yeah. so much. Um, is a child able to actually deal with all that comes with that? No. Yeah. And again, the biggest thing is these are adult platforms. They're platforms designed for adults. Mm. So they're not designed for, for children. Yeah. You know, and even the likes of Roblox, you know, which is used a lot by the kids. It's yeah. still an adult platform. platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, and that extends right to, you know, Fortnite, again, an adult platform yeah and it's it kind of it keeps building you know mm. and we'd see a huge amount of children who would play grand theft auto um yeah. you know again very adult Based. platforms yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it's not that there's something wrong with it in itself yeah it's that what what benefit is it to a child's mind to their growing brain and ultimately to their to their psychological wellness to their feelings within themselves about themselves yeah and if it's not going to support that and it can potentially harm it why risk it yeah That's my thoughts on it and and with regards then like obviously parents are almost like like what i've seen in restaurants and i've seen it very upset is like if a kid's annoying the parents are giving them a phone like here go be quiet you know as in like and what do you think and i haven't set you up this question but what do you think should they do instead as in like i know youtube has the kind of kids section and stuff mm-hmm. uh, do you think like obviously i know my parents view and a lot of parents in Ireland would be go on play go on like get it get off that thing and just go out and yeah. play yeah. Yeah. do you think that they should be more maybe strict on the whole 13 and above or do you think that age should be upped because i know like the whole frontal corp- uh, cortex of the brain isn't fully developed to 25 so yeah, yeah. The, so your whole judgment of um consequences isn't fully yeah developed until then so should kids maybe be not even let on social media till over 25 or what like what, what do you think i'm never gonna say that yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like, I think you know as you as as you start entering the world of risk yeah um you're able to assess the risks in some way shape or form mm-hmm. so when you're 14 15 16 you're starting to engage in kind of relational risky behavior anyway 
Yeah. So it's at that age that people will start saying, you know, I don't like you. I don't want to be friends with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's always been there. Mm-hmm. That's always been there. People are forming their personalities. People are, you know, m- moving more towards little kind of groups of shared interests. And I think that in that age group, social media is just replicating what, what's always happening anyway. Yeah. You know, for the vast majority, once people are able to take responsibility for what they're putting up. Under that age, though, under 13, like, you know, it, everything changes from one day to another. You can, yeah. 13 or under that age, 11, 12, 8, 9, they're friends with one group, then they're friends with another. Things change so quickly. They're not sticking. Things aren't staying mm. at that age. And with anything online, it does stick. Because yeah. It's Permanently there. there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's there for you. It's reinforced time and time again. So I think I think a big thing is, 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 is the age. Now, on the other side of things, parents have to make decisions about what, what their children need to do you know mm-hmm. and i think if you're handling a child's phone to be able to say look just give me a bit of peace for a few minutes and if you're owning that just then go for it yeah like, ultimately that's better than you know the parent eventually cracking themselves and having a roaring match yeah at yeah. the child in pizza hut <laughs> yeah. or whatnot you know yeah, yeah, yeah or like our own family there's an eight-year-old and a four-year-old mm. does the four-year-old get to watch peppa pig so that the other three of us can have a meal absolutely mm-hmm. but does that happen happen often no mm. it's the once in a blue moon when we go out so it's about looking at at the behaviors that you're engaging in as a parent i think yeah um and owning it and saying you know this is what i'm doing for the reason that i'm doing it but if you're doing it because you feel like you don't have control over it everybody's on this everyone's on that yeah all the other kids are watching their phones that's where the that's where the risks come in yeah. And in terms of platforms, like uh, in, in our house, we're allowed YouTube on the TV mm-hmm. where it's there. There's only one TV in the house, it's in the kitchen. So if YouTube is on, we're all able to see what's on yeah. it and it has to be suitable content for all of us. So the four year old is the one who gauges that. If it's not suitable for the four year old, yeah. no one's watching it, you know? Yeah. Um, there's no YouTube around uh, allowed on devices or anything like that. Mm. And I think that there's like there's lots of paid platforms that you can go on, like Disney Life have a platform, um, which is purely for children. It's you know, you pay seven euro or something a month and you get your videos that are all Disney. Yeah, videos, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there's plenty there without letting children onto these platforms that are totally a free for all. Yeah. Um, kids YouTube as well. It's fine, but it has to be monitored. Like, yeah. It's still content made by other people. Yeah, creators, creators. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the thing. If it's not if it's not censored content, then it doesn't have a place on an individual screen. Yeah. There's no point in having a child on an individual screen if you're having to be looking in <laughs> watching okay. every second yeah. you might as well have it on a shared screen so that yeah. you can see and and hear it no absolutely i'm gonna take a little turn now just towards um mood depression and stuff because um i had a question in about uh as so let's say your friend is suicidal and mm-hmm. is maybe is on on the brink and they ring you what i know i've got this question from a couple of people what do you do because i know i've been in that situation once and you feel absolutely helpless because like you're not like i'm not a qualified psychologist you know we're we're all kids what do you would you advise they do in that situation when they're on the brink it's a tough one because it depends yeah everything depends okay but the biggest thing that i'd be saying is someone's suicidal they're ringing you the biggest thing to keep in your mind is they're alive Hmm. and they're ringing you 
mm. which means that they have something inside them that's saying that they want to stay alive. Mm. So a lot of people who are suicidal, when they get to that brink, as you call it, they don't want to die. Yeah. They just have no idea how to stay living. Mm. So it's not that they're choosing death. Yeah. It's that life is so unbearable. Okay. They don't know how to continue on with it. Yeah. So by you, and also you don't have the answers. I don't have the answers. Yeah. Nobody has the answers for somebody that can say, this is what you do to make your life more bearable. Yeah. To live. Because you don't live in their shoes. You mm. know what that is. But what you can do is you can say, look, you know, I'm here. Thank you for ringing me. Mm. I'm really glad that you made that decision in the here and now. I'm really glad that I picked up the phone. And right, you're not trying to fix all their problems. Yeah. You're looking at crisis intervention. What can I do? What can you do right now that will keep yourself from whatever it was that they were yeah. going to do in that moment that they decided to pick up the phone? Yeah. And looking not beyond that moment. Mm. I think, look, we'll get you help, we'll organise this, we'll sort this out. That's not any good if you're standing on a bridge. Okay. If you're standing on a bridge, you need enough motivation to just get off the bridge mm. and know that there's somebody there to catch you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. After that, everything else can be dealt with. But in that crisis moment, really, it's just about saying, she's, you know, I am so glad you rang me. You know, yeah, cry it out, do whatever you need to do, but you rang. And that is unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and just sticking with that and calling in support. Mm. At the end of the day, yeah, a friend calls a friend. You're carrying that burden. You can't, you can't take that on on your own. Mm. That's something that somebody else needs to know about. Yeah. And if they're in a very crisis situation, you know, you need to try and figure out who else is there, who's around. Is there a parent around? Is there someone else around? You know. What kind of immediate support mm. can you get in place there at that moment? And then after that, once they're out of that very specific crisis place, yeah. that's when you can start looking at other things. Okay. The biggest thing I need to do when, if someone kind of says to you, look, I'm on the brink, this is, this is, I'm, geez, I'm really not feeling good here. Things are looking bad for me. Don't ignore it. Okay. I think that's the... The most important thing. Yeah. Not to say, geez, I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of run away from it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, or not take it seriously. I think if someone is saying those words, it's not up to us to be judging whether they're yeah, going yeah, to do yeah. it or not. It's just to say, well, look, I'm here for you right now. Thanks a million for ringing me. What can we do in the moment? And, and kind of going from there. Yeah, and I've heard before, and I don't know if this is a myth or whatever, but a person who is there and rings versus the person who actually just commits the act. Is their psychology completely different? Because like you said, the person who rings does have that last will to ring and just wants to continue or has a little part of them that wants to keep going. So is their psychology dramatically different or would it be quite similar? I think they're similar. There, it's the, there's a lot of studies who uh, that have done been done on people who have followed through on the act to end their lives yeah. and survived it. Okay. Yeah. And that's yeah. where you get a lot of information there, where they've where they have come through, full circle. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And a lot of that evidence will still say that even at that end point, even when they are following through with it, there's still a point of reclaim. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's not it it's not our 
it goes against our automatic way of being yeah, to try yeah. end our lives. Yeah. So at some point, our survival instinct tends to stick to to kick in. Yeah. And it's just about how that can be kind of pulled out and expanded upon. Mm. And often what people need is someone to talk to. Yeah. Oftentimes people are talking about their feelings of sadness or of wanting to die for quite a while. Mm. And really they need to talk about that. Yeah. But we get a little bit afraid when people start talking about that. Mm. It's just because someone who has the space to talk about taking their own lives doesn't mean they're going to go and do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They need the space to talk about it so that they can process all that that would involve yeah. and really come to terms with it. Not so someone else can tell them, so they can come up with that and process that themselves. Mm. And I'm saying that every situation is different, you know, and there's studies and there's research and, and, and all of that. But at the end of the day, every one person who, who ends their life or who attempts to end their life is very, very different from each yeah. other person who does that. Mm. Um, and it's about just, you know, the individual is what needs to be looked at after that crisis intervention piece. Okay. No, because I know, unfortunately, it's a com- well, com- more common occurrence by the year on, you know, suicides or suicidal thoughts. And just, I think there's valuable information for people that, yeah. you know, because there's a lot of people who do get the phone call, you know, I'm not in a good spot. I need, I need help. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think coming full circle with the whole thing, I th- do think, you know, the whole social media influence, like since the kick in in 2012, there has been a dramatic increase in self-harm, suicide. And I don't know, there has been, I know this psychologist on another podcast talk about that there's a direct correlation between the rise of social media and the rise of suicide. Um, and it's worrying because obviously there's all the great aspects of, you know, connecting with similar people who have similar interests and, you know, like meeting new people or whatever but it also is the darker side because yeah. as humans we were never designed to have access to every single person or majority of people on earth you know yeah. um, I think it's a power that a lot of people don't actually understand what we have um, and in regards to what I'm doing at the moment I'm trying to actually take advantage of that but again like you said there's always the darker side and not every day you want to post on social media you know um, yeah. and just to wrap up do you think that people should maybe limit their time on social media or like do you think to try and lead to a better health, mental health what do you think should be the key steps going forward I think making sure that you're in control okay is what's important and there's plenty of apps that you can put on your phone that will track your usage mm-hmm. um, and that's uh, you know one thing that we invite a lot of teenagers to do when teens come to us we say track your usage yeah you know see actually how much time you're like this and how much time is left over to engage with humans yeah. around you. And often the people themselves are really surprised. Yeah. That it, and it, it tracks your phone open time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it's, it's looking at all the time that you're looking at your screen. At your screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, it's really interesting to, to even just uncover that. Mm. Because you can realize very quickly, God, I'm not in control. Yeah. This has really been in control. And I think that's a big thing. If we start losing our own sense of control, that's when things can start going a little bit wrong for us. Okay. You know, so I think try to keep yourself in control as much as possible. If you do feel that things are overwhelming you, you're getting things are getting on top of you, try and break things down into kind of workable nuggets. You know, if you have exams coming up or whatever's coming up, this is what I'm doing today. 
this is what I'm committing to myself for doing today. Mm. And if you didn't do it, review it at the end of the day, not to be hard on yourself, but to be able to inform your next day. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do X, Y, and Z. Why was it? Let's be honest. Let's be realistic. Well, it's because I was on Facebook in the middle of the day. Yeah. Someone said, watch this on Netflix. Off I went to Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> Three hours later, this chunk of my day was gone. Yeah. And now here I am at one o'clock in the morning having a panic attack about the fact that I've done nothing. Mm. If you can conclude at the end of that, I made the decision yeah, yeah. to go and seek out something else to do for three hours. At least then you know that you've got control over it. Yeah. And you can say, well, I made that decision so I can make another decision. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you find you're doing that and it's still just crowding your brain and you feel like you don't have the resources inside you to get yourself kind of clearly thinking, clearly focused... That's the time to reach out and say to someone at home or whatever, look, I need a bit of help. Yeah. Can you please find me a little bit of help and support so that I can get through this year? And I think that's one thing that social media and media in general has really done. It's really made parents listen up and be able to think, wow, teenagers coming to me and saying they're struggling. Let's get on the phone. Let's get some sort of support. Yeah. You know, I think the people really are tuned into that. Um. And then talking to your friends, you know, having those chats, looking to see, can you find the answers to your questions through another person mm. as opposed to through Google? Yeah, like yeah. Any question you asked me today, you could have Googled. Yeah. But the answer that you get will be very, very different mm. from what you get by sitting down and having a conversation. Yeah. You know, so like the more people are conversing, the more they're engaging with people like you had said earlier, the more you find out about things. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. You know, um, I think not losing sight of that mm. is, is another way to, to kind of keep people going and keep people well. Yeah, I think retention of information is also increasing when you listen to it. Or, and you know, yeah. as an anything I'm confused about with like a conversation here, it can be talked out and I'm also trying to think of any questions people might think of while they're listening to this because as a platform, I think podcasts are... Yes, very very good absolutely. but uh, I think we'll wrap up now time wise I'd like to thank you very much for doing this I'd like to thank everyone for listening hope you enjoyed it and uh, we will see you next month can I relive